0: It is October 11, 2019. Coming to your ears from wherever you may be listening. And coming to your eyes from outer space. I think we were told this would be the outer space in the background. I don't know if we are. There's actually no sound in space. So. I don't know.
1: I just acted like I was on a roller coaster. I, I don't know well, what happened I mean, there. But. You know,
0: life is a roller coaster. I'm yes. sure space is too. Life is actually a highway that will take you to space. Yep. It's the second verse of that song. His uh, number's on the boards. I'm Bobby Corella, he is Jeff Skinwade. Thank you for joining us on this great podcast. It is presented by Bed Gear, the official sleep system of the Dallas Mavericks. Today's episode is going to be Fast and Furious Skin. Mm-hmm. It is October 11th. For those of you who have a calendar right in front of you or a Mavericks schedule, you would know October 11th is Friday. We got a game. It starts in a few hours, so I got to drive over to the, to the uh, arena to yes. catch the action. Yes, you did. Skin, on last week's episode, you told me... I have a crazy story for why I won't be there. So I'm just curious,
1: why are you skipping Luca and KP's debut? Yes, and I I asked permission. Actually, I didn't even ask permission. Uh, The producer of our uh, Mavs broadcast, the great Dave Keeney, I was like, hey, man, this thing may be happening on October 11th, and I know we're going to broadcast a home game, and... Uh, actually, me and my radio partner, Ben Rogers, we both went to Berkner High School, mm. and they are inducting us into their Hall of Fame oh, that for their awesome. 50-year anniversary. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, so I told Keeney that. He goes, dude, you have to go to that. Yeah, man. He's like, you're not, you're not missing that. So he was very nice to let me out of MAV duty for the evening. Mm. So I will DVR the game and watch it as soon as I get home tonight because I can't wait to see more Mavs basketball because yeah, what we've seen so far oh my god been so Good jump uh, yeah, out. we're gonna get all in
0: that first game, which uh, especially that first half, man, that was some magical stuff, yeah, man. But uh, what all? Are, okay, what all are you gonna have to do? Obviously, class of like 2002 alumni, so uh, it's very, a uh, very recent yes. uh, time that you graduated from high school. Late 70s. Have they told you? Are you gonna be like making a speech? Can we see any of this stuff? Is there I gonna be some funny videos? Or so anything?
1: Uh, our buddy Tim Urban is gonna be videoing it, and actually Keeney from the Mass Broadcast was like, I think that'll be useful. We gotta use it on TV, um, but uh, especially if you've had a few. Oh, my God. Yes. Just slam those bad boys. But I think uh, so what we're going to today is Ben and I are running the pep rally. I think it's Berkner homecoming weekend, I believe. Okay. so we're running the pep rally as we get ready for the game at Ram Wildcat Stadium. And then tomorrow we're getting up at the crack of dawn and we're going to be in a parade (laughs) through and like cars through through old Richardson over by the old Richardson Square Mall. And then it ends at the auditorium. And then we go into the auditorium, and I think they induct us, and we give speeches. And then you're going
0: to DJ the homecoming dance. I'm going to DJ the homecoming dance. Yes. Po-
1: play some Billy Idol and some Depeche Mode. Billy Eilish. Billy Eilish. Oh. Eilish. Did yeah. You uh, no. You probably were traveling, weren't you? Uh, I did not go to Did the you show. go to Billy Eilish? No, I did not go oh. to the show. My my daughter and my wife went, and they loved it. Yeah. She's the hero She's of good, the man. 14-year-old now, girl. Now, the thing
0: is, like, very popular artist. Not sure if it'll cross over to the NBA, but we'll see, I guess. It's a new season. We'll see what uh uh Poison Ivy spinning on the ones and twos. I wouldn't mind
1: uh whenever someone's complaining to the ref, she might play Bellyache. Yeah. Or how about Bad Guy? Just a good yeah, song. Yeah. Play it
0: during uh visiting team intros. Right. Where whenever we're introducing Giannis. Playing, in. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Giannis is too nice for that. no nah, he's uh, great. Chris Paul though. He, he Just get a jerk on you. Love Chris Paul too. Uh tonight it's Giannis. It's the Mavs. It's yes. the Bucks. Yes. Uh, those who watched the game against Detroit, which we will get to here in a second, they know what to expect. But, man, it's going to be Luke and KP. It is going to be lit, but also skin. Mm-hmm. First game, first real game, and we had the, the open practice last weekend, the first game with Dirk silhouette on the floor. It is going to be so cool. The new court, over, just totally repainted. Yeah. Uh, inside the three-point line is, like, a little lighter than the, what's that, midcourt? Uh-huh. I think the Mavs horse head is actually a little bigger now, too. And you got the skyline uh, along the sideline there by Press Row, and I think on the opposite side as well. But that Dirk, that Dirk silhouette is pretty,
1: yeah, pretty and, awesome. Yeah, uh, and paying homage to the Godfather too, the horse head is bloody like it had been chopped off. Yep. Or not. Uh, I don't know. I didn't see the plans. Yeah, with the blood
0: of their enemies. <laughs> yeah, of not, their enemies. Right. Leave My horse God. head in your bed. Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited. Vito hasn't seen the horse head. Nah,
1: I'm so excited about this season, and I'm so excited about... It's, uh, it's it's a new era. You know, Rick was saying that on media day. You know, we've had the big German just to piggyback. You know, we've been piggybacking his greatness for two decades. It ain't happening anymore. So you have to take control of your new destiny, and they have the right two guys to lead the way. And everyone else on this team wants to be a part of all of this, and they're all finding their role. And it's just – I know you'll probably feel this too. It's very reminiscent of the early 2000s. Absolutely. To me, it just feels like that all Absolutely. over
0: again. Now for you, what's interesting for me is this is kind of my first time going through this as an adult, right? Like the, the Dirk Nash Finley early years for me, I was a kid. And so I really, I had memories of them losing. Like I remember being at Reunion Arena and them winning and it felt like a big deal. Right. Like they won a game. It's right. A, that's awesome. Let's, you know, get the, prepare the confetti cannons. Um, but my I, most of my excitement came from my parents being like, mm-hmm. this is new. Them right. being good is new. And so every every time they won a game, it felt fun. Yeah. And this time around, it'll be a little different for me because now I'm probably closer to your age whenever Dirk started playing. Mm-hmm. And so I do have memories of the last five years not being so good Hot. Yeah. You know, and when every time they win now it's gonna be exciting and the first time they make the playoffs, it's gonna be exciting.
1: It's gonna be exciting. I, I do think they have you know, this this always goes along with health and you know, those things have to matter. But you can see and you just saw it and a half the other night, you can see how this team is going to function. They're gonna have their issues and their deficiencies that they have to work around. But uh, you know, as Don Nelson always said, you know, last time I checked it's about whoever scores the most points. And this team can score a heck of a lot of points. You saw how they're going to function. You know, the Dwight Powell component's a big part of their offense, and he wasn't out there. He's been missing from both games. Yeah. So, but you saw how easy no, – I don't want to say easily. I don't want to minimize. But you saw the means in which they can score a whole bunch. Well, the
0: thing is – so, okay, let's get right into it. Yeah. Mavs versus Pistons. That was on Wednesday night. Mavs fall 124-117. But really what we're talking about is the first three quarters before the game kind of became more of a preseason game. Mm-hmm. So, Luka and KP start, and I know you caught yourself saying how easy they make it look, but K.P.'s first three shots were extremely easy, and I think that's what jumped out to me the most is just how effortless the whole thing seemed. His first basket came. Uh, he's just too long for the entry pass, so he stole the entry pass, yeah. tossed it over to DeLon, went in and, and just stuck his butt in Blake Griffin's stomach and caught it, spun, and faded, and it was like the easiest 18-footer ever. Yeah. And then his next two shots are catch-and-shoot threes from 30 feet, no
1: one's guarding him. No one's guarding I mean, him. that
0: was an effortless eight points.
1: It was an effortless eight points, and I think the thing that really sticks out to me is the decisiveness with which he shot very long shots. Yeah. And that is a mentality that shows you what you're going to be watching this year. Um, I've been using this, uh, thing on the Ben and skin show that I stole from Bobby, the idea that he could easily take eight threes a game. Yeah. I hope so. Even 10. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you start looking at the percentages that we think he's going to hit of those. It doesn't take long to go, man. That dude's going to be getting twelve to fourteen points a night off three point shots, and then let's throw some free throws in there. And now we got a couple layups, and damn, we got to twenty five without even blinking. And he had that put back dunk. Yeah, he had a
0: couple fadeaways. had yeah. that one running layup. I think I want to talk about lineups in a little bit, but that lineup where he was playing center and basically got to take Thon Maker one on one like five times in a row. He got to the rim a couple
1: of times. And mm-hmm. That was
0: great too. Um, but you, I you, think you know, oh, I, I want to
1: throw this out there because this was what really like jumped out to me. He had uh, Drummond on him, so he crossed him up. Mm. And it's like if he's got the smaller guys on him, he's not going to be crossing those guys up, right? If he's got the, the and and he's going to be going, okay, can I operate in the mid post here? Or, uh, it's going to be more difficult for them to close out on these long shots. But if he's got the big guys on him, man, I'm going to work this guy. Yeah. And that was just like instant, like, oh, you're going to be way back there? Cool, this 18-footer's drop.
0: I'm glad you brought up that play because I was going to bring it up too. So on this play, I I don't remember if you know exactly when it was. It was toward the beginning of the third quarter. I think it was DeLon and Maxi, or maybe Luca and Maxi, running a pick and roll on the left-hand side. Porzingis was out on the right. So the ball handler comes around the Maxi screen, kicks it out to KP. Drummond's kind of like sagged off. He lunges out to KP, and Porzingis kind of like shot fakes or just sort of like hesitates. Instead of taking the shot, he took him off the bounce, crossed over Drummond, went to his left, and stepped into that 20-footer, and it was nice. But then I was thinking, you know, I wasn't thinking, I was actually guided in this direction by uh, someone on Twitter, but uh, he kind of settled for a mid-range, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know what's really cool? Crossovers are cool, but what's Mm -hmm. really cool is like crossover into a three. Or just keep going all the way to the dunk. Like, we we talk take it to, all the way to the glass, you know? Yeah,
1: and that, that's also that whole thing, though, where it's like instead of thinking about the type of shot I'm going to get in this possession, it's. Look how easy this shot. It is. was very easy. So I'm going to take this easy shot. I mean, Drummond
0: stopped guarding him.
1: Yeah, and that's that whole thing where a coach, you know, pulls you out of the game if you pass up an open shot. Mm-hmm. And so it's the instinct is to go. This is an open shot. It's not a contested shot. It's not a. Fo- it's this is too easy. I have to take this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he shoots the ball that well from all over the floor. But it does. I believe we talked about this last year. The when I was on the road in Utah and him and Luca. We're both out of the game, and they were swapping step-back threes. And so, to the point of the guy that pointed this out or gal that pointed it out on Twitter, once he had him there, boy, that step-back three, he ain't going to come crashing out on you. If you want it, you can take it. And if he
0: does start overplaying the three because big guys are just kind of like fish out of water 30 feet from the rim, well, he takes one step too far, and all of a sudden it's a drive-by dunk. Right. When we saw KP from basically – Zero miles an hour. Take Thon Maker off the bounce to the rim and one.
1: Did like, it? Did it say anything to you that he shot the technical free throw? It was pretty cool.
0: He's what career eighty five, eighty eight percent shooter. I mean, that That's guy. Like
1: that guy's money. He's gonna score a lot of different.
0: He ways. is gonna score in a lot of different Bombs, ways.
1: Bombs, mid post, crossing guys up, and that, a lot of free throws. That
0: play, I wasn't trying to pick nits, right? Like I'm all for cool stuff, but there was another play. Is actually his uh, second three that he made was the play where DeLon Wright was in the left-hand corner, had the ball, and you could hear on the TV broadcast, I don't know if if anyone was watching it loud enough or paying attention enough to, to hear it, but you could hear a coach or someone on the bench yelling, go KP, because KP was on the opposite wing, and as soon as he heard go KP, he almost thought like, oh, yeah, that's right. And then he ran to the top of the key, caught the pass, and shot the three. Mm-hmm. So, like, all of these timing things are going to kind of come to him right. as he plays himself back into form, right. I guess. And even then, I remember the guy played, hasn't played in two years, and he still scored, what, 18 points in 19, 19 minutes? minutes? And then it was pretty awesome.
1: That was the thing, too. So, eight. it was seven rebounds?
0: Seven rebounds eight. to go along with uh, two assists and a
1: steal. 18 points and seven rebounds is a good night. 18 points and seven rebounds in 19 minutes is awesome. In your first game. In your first game. Going up
0: against, like, one of the best
1: defensive players in basketball. Did you hear him after the game talking about um, how he doesn't even think about his knee anymore? No. It was Brad Brad Towns in the morning news, I believe, tweeted out the Mm. little one-minute video clip, but it was, I don't even think about my knee anymore. I'm just out there playing. Like, I've been playing a lot of pickup, you know, for the last eight or nine months, so that's not... That's good. I, I
0: wonder, I mean, because he has said... Uh, at media day, he said, "You know, I really could have come back and played last year, but I wonder if he had, if that would have been in the back of his mind."
1: I thought that it probably would have, and I, I don't know if we discussed the story where the the knee doctor was talking about Clay Thompson yeah, should sit out of here two year. full years off. Basically. And so I, that's not with like that's a kind of that, Porzingis kind of falls into that discussion because he's the example of that. Mm. Uh, he's going to be gone twenty months, and that's a good long time to stabilize you know i think the mavericks feel like if there is another knee injury it's more to do with the freak nature of the sport as opposed to something structurally that you were compromised and it led to a knee injury Mm. they've put in he's and his the folks that helped uh you know his training staff have, and then when the mavericks traded for him have put in all the work to assure that that is not a concern you know, it's NBA, you can land funny anytime, whether you have a history of knee problems or not. Mm. Uh, so that's a really good feeling.
0: Yeah, and the mental side of it, too. I mean, you could do all the physical preparation in the world, but how often do you hear, even like NFL players, wide mm. receivers and running backs, yeah, every time I cut, I still think about it. Right. Or like Teddy Bridgewater said, I just needed to, uh, I forget, I mean, he's three he and, and I was the same oh, Yeah, injury. it was really yeah. bad. I mean, it was like career threatening. Yeah. And um, I think it was maybe whenever they were playing the Cowboys, or it was it was a game that it was the only game on, so I was watching. I'm believe it or not, I'm not a huge Saints fan, so I don't I don't watch a lot of Saints football. But uh, I heard them talking about how he said basically the first time that he got hit and realized well, I, didn't, I didn't worry about my knee. Mm-hmm. That was such a liberating thing yeah. for him. And so now we're seeing the same thing with KP, too, because, I mean, he did go up for a putback dunk. Mm-hmm. He attacked the basket a couple times and uh, took some contact, battled drumming for some boards, and it didn't seem to ever really... Feel like he was kind of uneasy about it, or even a little gimpy. I mean, he just he looked like a basketball
1: player. And the words of the great Eric Badu, "That's liberation, baby, I, yeah. and I'm on it. I'm that's, on it. That's some Dallas history. That's right some now. Dallas. That's Dallas royalty. Yeah, man. Eric Badu.
0: Okay, so the other half of this dynamic duo, we'll talk about some other Mavs later, but uh, the other half of this dynamic duo, Luca, kind of uh, <laughs> almost like cruised to a twenty-one-eight-five-three line. Uh, missed three layups missed five free throws could have easily had 30 in a preseason game that you he know, played a, like
1: 25 minutes in or something let me tell you every 1980s coach i ever saw or had or whatever would yell at Luca for smiling during a game while missing free throws <laughs> yeah. i'd send him to the shed for and that they smiled he missed a layup and he smiled yeah i mean that was a that was some blown transition stuff there him and yeah. porzingis both had a shot and they screwed that back Yeah boy but up. he
0: missed i mean 3 just point blank and that's whenever i was like you know so many times Luca does stuff like He's coming off that screen, goes between the legs, like that fake dribble that he did against Houston, did the same thing against Detroit. And I'm like, yeah, there, there's no way I could ever do that. <laughs> but watching him miss those layups, I was like, he's just like me. He's just you like know? us. Yeah, it's amazing.
1: It's like uh, when Brad Pitt goes to the supermarket and they put it in People Magazine. He's just like us. Yeah,
0: he goes shopping every yeah. now and then, once a month, just Who'd like have thunk me. it. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, together, they combined for 39 points, 15 boards, seven assists, four steals. Uh, On 14 of 36 shooting, not great, got to say. But a lot of those misses, and this is not like even like some weird spin, a lot of those misses came in the third quarter. Mm -hmm. And in the third quarter, they combined to take 14 of the Mavs' 21 shots. And it seemed to me, I wasn't at the game, I haven't talked to any of those guys afterward or whatever, but it seemed to me like the priority coming out of halftime because once they left the game in the third quarter, they never came back was to just run two-man game every single time down the floor mm-hmm. and see kind of what the other likes to do. It really felt like a feeling out kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and I also think there was part of it, too, that was like a uh, conditioning stress test in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. If you take five shots in a row, how do you hold How much can down? we work these guys? Because mm-hmm. uh, there's going to be a lot asked of them. Um, and then I, I was wondering if they were going to play in the Milwaukee game tonight, like how are they going to treat this? But by all accounts, we expect to see Luka and KP out there, Yeah, right? I mean,
0: no shoot-around and no uh, no pregame whatever. Like, the the place that they put their media notes on, the website is in flux right now. So no. there's not even a projected starting lineup or anything. But right. I think it's safe to say. I think they're playing. I mean, at this point, you only got three games left. So, yeah. Um, yeah.
1: And then uh, Monday night, Oklahoma City, and then in the thing in Canada.
0: On Thursday. So that's between this game and then, and that game and the last game, two days off in between both games, which is good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that playing and then having a day off and then playing again is good to kind of test their fitness or whatever because that's it's primarily NBA. what the NBA is. Yeah. So uh, it makes sense. I mean, I know that a lot of people were kind of riled up that they didn't play in the first game. But uh, they played the day after, so if, if, if you right. had your hopes up all day at work, like you only had to wait another 24 hours, yeah. so it wasn't a big deal. And then also, just look back in time at the Mavs' preseason openers throughout their history. Like Dirk, I think, hasn't played in a preseason opener since their lockout year. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, he oh just sits God. every single one out. Some years he was hurt, some years whatever, but right. I mean, like, typically... Parsons didn't play preseason openers. Even like Monte sat one out. Like mm-hmm. starters, Rick just doesn't play them mm-hmm. the first game. You got so many more. It's a back to back. Who cares? Who cares? Like really, who cares? Uh, get the games out of the way. And plus, it let all these other guys shine.
1: We're dude. less than two weeks away from the start of the season. We are. We're
0: dude. We're twelve days away. The, we're oh a week my, and a half away. God, it's great. It all starts soon. So, uh, a couple things from that game. That stood out to me, and then I want you to say a couple things that stood out to you. Okay. Uh, one of them was the Luca kp two-man game, really, that they were going they were going hard at it mm-hmm. in the third quarter. Um, mixed results. The first half, it was fantastic, but that felt more like they were playing within the system, right? Yeah. The third quarter was like, we're playing 2v2. Right. Um, the other thing that stood out to me was this lineup that they used in the second quarter. So, KP in the first quarter came in, got two quick fouls, sat out. Mm-hmm sat out basically the rest of the first quarter, started the second quarter playing primar- primarily with the bench. And that's what I think Luca will be doing. I think Luca will be on the Dirk rotation where he plays six minutes, then sits and comes back. But Kay. it was KP doing it today. He played with Brunson, Curry, Hardaway, Finney-Smith. Porzingis was the five, mm-hmm. and in that, I think it was like six minutes or something, they were like plus 10, plus 12. I mean, wow. they, they destroyed the Pistons, because mm-hmm. it was backups against Porzingis. Right. And then backups against Hardaway, who is a starter-level player. Uh, Jalen Brunson, starter-level player. Mm-hmm. Finney Smith, starter-level, I mean, conceivably. And then Steph Curry, obviously, is an incredible shooter. Starter-level shooter, for sure. Yeah, and so, Tim got uh, his the other night. Yeah, so that's Found whenever he spots. went off, too. Yeah. He, he and Porzingis both just were, were killing it in the second quarter there. So uh, if that's a bench unit or the bench unit, then that's pretty solid.
1: That's real salty. Yeah. That's real salty. Um, So one thing that I was hoping was I was hoping, and it's all about opportunities and stuff, I was hoping that Jackson's uh, Tuesday night would carry over into Wednesday night. Yeah. He was exceptional in the first half Tuesday night. uh, Because you see how, depending on the the lineups, how he's going to function. Uh, But one thing that really stood out to me, and he's got to make the most of it, But, man, did DeLon Wright have some moments where he caught the ball and no one was within 25 feet of him or what? Yeah. Those corner threes, like he found himself in the corner a couple times, catch the ball, as Harp likes to say, he has time to do his laundry, (laughs) fold some clothes, and then let that shot fly. You can see where some of those opportunities for short threes are. We're going to be popping.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, there was another play. Sorry to cut you off no. there, but there was another play where he he got. I, I forget. It might have been versus Detroit, where he caught it in the corner, kind of pump faked his guy,
1: drove around him, kind of snaked his way to the rim and drew a foul got too. So and that, if he wanted to, that's where to, his
0: attacking is.
1: Yeah, if he wanted to, he also could have kicked it out to Dorian because no one was anywhere around Dorian. Yep. Now you always take the free throws, obviously. Mm. You know when you're around the rim or whatever, but it just goes to show you how. And everybody starts pinching those creases, and then all these opportunities open up. And that's without Powell's rolling
0: threat, right? basically. Like, a lot of these times, it's been Porzingis rolling. I think he's going to pop once he got
1: Powell. Yeah. Max is going to pop once he got Powell. Right. Uh, No, uh, those are some of the things that stood out to me, too. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm I'm real interested to see where DeLon's going to get his opportunities. Because Luka's going to have the ball so much. How is he going to operate? Where is he going to find his space to create and do some of those kinds of things? Because he needs to be more than just a cutter Mm. or catch-and-shoot guy. He is a creator as well.
0: Yeah, those starters uh, in Detroit, Jackson, DeLon, Maxie, they combined for just 10 field goal attempts. Wow. Now, they didn't play together a whole lot. I mean, they didn't really play a lot, period. I don't know if any of those guys even played 20 minutes, but still... Only 10 shots. That's not very many.
1: And, and, you know, these are preseason games. Defenses are going to start constructing things to attack and do these things, and that's just going to open up the opportunities for these other guys. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. And now the trick is, and this is something that I, I've always wondered about, like if you're just a designated shooter, right? So, like if you're Justin Jackson, there's going to be times where you go like 10 or even 15 possessions in a row where you don't touch the ball at mm-hmm. all. Right. And then Do you feel the freeze all of a sudden. Yeah. You catch it and you're open and you have like 0. 0.5 seconds to get your shot off. Like the psychology and the and sort of just like the physical like stay readiness of that all has always been really interesting to me because how often do you see guys working out in the gym and they're just it's catch shoot catch shoot catch shoot catch shoot I wonder if if you ever do like let's run a mile and then shoot one shot and then do it again you know like that's just oh I like your
1: new style of training this (laughs) year it's pretty good I call it the torture yeah for the three and D guy
0: yeah but it's just I mean there's so many situations like that how many times did you see Last year, even, whenever it was Dorian or even Wes or Barnes out there, they just wouldn't touch the ball for
1: five, six trips, and then all of a sudden you do, and you better make it. That's a mentality that you have to develop, Mm -hmm. right? Um, That whole be ready mentality. Um, And certain guys, it's just the same thing as the six-man. Like these guys that come off the bench, bro, they haven't been coming off the bench until they got to the pros. They've been starting their whole lives and kicking mm-hmm. ass. So it's like, okay, I'm going to change my mentality to come in and, and fill this particular kind of role. Yep. Um, and that's that's a mentality. So what you're talking about is, man, I'm not going to get my shots like I'm used to getting them. But when I do, i got to make the most of them. So I have to be ready and focus and focus on these other parts of the game. And when it does come my way, be ready to go. One thing that we saw a lot on Tuesday, and we saw it at the end of last year, and I did not realize it. Maybe I hadn't scouted him well enough coming out of Carolina, but I saw it at the end of last year, and it was well on display Tuesday. The Justin Jackson mid-range floater. Oh yeah, it's a thing of beauty. It's a thing of beauty, and a lot. Not a, like I'll give you an example, and this is a player I'm not dissing because I really like this player. I've always liked this player. When have you seen the Trevor Ariza floater? Never, never, never. And it's not that he people yeah. aren't trying to run him off a three-point line. Mm. They absolutely are. He's about the same size, but that's not a comfortable shot for him. Mm. You know, it's a, that's a shot that little guards developed because they couldn't get all the way to the rim.
0: Mm.
1: Um, well, so, think of
0: whenever Dennis was here. Remember, that was oh, a yeah. shot
1: that everyone was mad that he couldn't hit. And Luca last year struggled with it too. Absolutely. Steven Nash mastered it, Yeah, right? Uh, but to have a guy, because when you're the weak side catch-and-shoot guy, dudes are just barreling at you and so they're barreling at you to run you off that three-point line because they don't want you to take a freebie they want you to floor it well by the time you floor it the shot blocker has time to come over and help so where's that in between space where the shot is it's a floater guards are comfortable doing that not a lot of six eight six nine guys are comfortable doing that so for him to have mastered that, one dribble, plant, and then float, he makes it all the time. Mm-hmm. That is a very deadly shot.
0: Yeah, and especially if you're partnered with a big guy that can go up for those alley-oops, it might buy you an extra foot and a half of space. Yeah. Because so many times I think people will want to go for a floater like from 15 feet away mm-hmm. or from like 10 feet away, but sometimes he would shoot his floater from like 6 feet away. Yeah. This really awkward distance where you're like... Pump fake dribble dribble floater where you're mm. so close to the rim. It's like a, it's a really tough shot. You, really you have to have a lot of a lot of touch on it.
1: Yeah, it's the whole thing of I'm going full speed, but I'm going to release the ball in a way to where the ball's not going. Yeah, it's speed. almost like you're shooting
0: it behind yourself. Yeah, some theory of relativity stuff. It,
1: it doesn't even exist in our material world. <laughs>
0: no, it doesn't, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I want to. Uh, oh, one more note. Yep. Before we move on. Yeah. Yep, uh, yep. This is the ultimate small sample size test. Uh, two of them actually. Luca and Steph – or
1: Seth (laughs) – Steph. Oh, give me Steph. Let's see how that works out. Luca
0: and Steph, they'd be pretty good. Uh, Luca and Seth Curry. See, the problem is when I just put Curry, uh, still haven't realized, like – Seth Curry's on the Mavs again. That's right. pretty awesome. Sometimes
1: uh, Ann Curry of the Today Show comes yeah, out. Yeah, well, Never. and of
0: course, I've, you've seen highlights of Steph dropping 40 last night, and you're like,
1: God. In like 25 minutes or something? Yeah, Luke
0: and Porzingis could only score 39, and <laughs> Steph is out here un- outdoing them. Come on. Anyway, Luke and Seth played just eight possessions together. Is that right? Wednesday
1: night in Detroit. Yeah, just I was eight wondering about that mm. uh, because, man, that first three he hit, they were closing out on him. Yeah. And I was like, God, I can't wait for this. But then
0: remember there was a game where he or there was a play where he was wide open, the ball kinda like rolled out to him and he just picked it up, went bombs away. And then in uh, in Tulsa he had a couple where he was wide open too. He's really good at moving off the ball. Yeah. So you figure he's the kind of guy that would work really well with Luca. But Rick has already come out and said basically this preseason we're experimenting with all sorts of lineups. Right. So I would look for them to play together. Maybe as soon as tonight. Just mm-hmm. a little more run just to see what you got. Right. Although if the question, if, if the plan at least, is to play Luka primarily with starters and less so with uh, second unit guys, then maybe it makes sense to put Porzingis out there with him instead.
1: What are we, are we, uh, do we have a Barea plan yet? Have you heard?
0: Uh, I don't know. The The last update was that he wasn't traveling on right. this trip. Right. But uh, that he's doing well. I think Dwight is I, well, I don't even want to speak on that. I'm pretty sure that Dwight is going to play in these games at home. Okay. I'm also pretty sure that J.J. is, like, ready to go. I was I, so I just surprised. just don't know if it was, like, a, they
1: stayed behind to get an extra work sort of yeah. thing. I don't know. I was really surprised at how good he looked in the – I mean, it's an exhibition scrimmage. Mm. But, man, he came out firing. He I, didn't look like he was worried. I mean, the way he was dressed, I was like, oh, JJ's not going to play. I get it. And then he started and just was, like, just – Downing shots mm-hmm. effortlessly, like oh, JJ's looking pretty normal. He was in sweats. I yeah. mean, he
0: really looked like a full-on dad. Yeah, and he's got a, he's got a third kid now, so he, I mean, he's like real, real dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, but uh, that's yeah, that's where you're really like, good.
1: I can't wait for basketball season to start. <laughs> I got a third kid.
0: Yeah, you know who else was good though, Jalen Brunson, and now it's like, man, who is getting minutes? I don't know, I don't know
1: how these guys are going to get minutes. I don't know. I don't either. know how
0: Seth gets minutes. Like, Seth is going to play instead of Luca. Well, Luca's getting like 35, yeah. so. But Seth is way too good to play 13. I don't know. So I don't, I don't know what you do, man. It's very yeah. tough. Uh, and then the other thing, they ran 29 pick and rolls against Detroit. And on those 29 possessions, they scored 39 points, which math tells me is very, very good. That's and again, more than
1: a point of possession there, Bob. Yeah,
0: that is. That is. And that is more than uh, – that is without Dwight Powell, too, mm-hmm. who is the best pick and roll. Big man in the NBA. Boom. So uh, we'll see how that By the goes. way, that's not an exaggeration. No, no, just, no. That's you know not. there's
1: numbers to support that. That's yeah, not just Homer Mav guys No. out love. Yeah,
0: literally last season of every single player that played, like, what, 25 possessions, mm-hmm. he was the number one most efficient guy. Points and per possession on pick And that's whenever he was only shooting like 30% on threes. Imagine if he kicks that up another couple notches. Boom. Watch out. There you go. Yeah. Uh, speaking of watching out for guys, we spent the last 30 or so minutes talking about Luka and KP. Mm hmm. But there's 13 other guys. There's really right now there's 18 other guys on the team. Pretty soon there'll be 13, really 15. Josh Reeves, who's looked very good, mm-hmm. and Antonius Cleveland, who's had a, some really good moments too. They're the two way guys. Uh, there's loads of other guys on this team, and I, I kind of want to talk about like guys that you maybe just shouldn't sleep on, right? Kay. Like if you're gonna sleep, tuck yourself into your sheets, your bed, gear pillow, get your bed, gear sheets, have a great night's sleep, come back, talk to me tomorrow. But don't sleep on players, right? This can't just this, this isn't just a Luka and KP team. Okay, there's more to it than them. It's and not arguably, two on five? Yeah, no, it's not two okay. on five. And arguably the team's success hinges almost more on all the other players yep. than it does on Luke and KP. Absolutely. Because if guys like, for example, Justin Jackson, I'm going to ask you to pick a player that you don't want us to sleep on, but I, I had first pick. Okay, so I, you start. I stole Justin Jackson yep. from you, so you got to think of something else now. You're, I can do that. You're out of luck on that. Uh, a guy like Justin Jackson right now figures to be the starting small forward, which mm-hmm. you and I called way back when. Yes. Yeah. Uh, We were right. Boy, were we right. Also, the starting lineup, now it doesn't count because Dwight was injured, but Mm -hmm. the starting lineup in Detroit was the five that... You brought up first, so yes, you're with, a visionary uh, with Maxi Kleba. Yeah.
1: but obviously, if Dwight Powell, I mean, they've been talking about Dwight like he's the starter, don't you yeah. think? Yeah, and it kind
0: of it, it makes sense. It makes sense. I think. I mean, Maxi is one of the best defensive players in the NBA. But if you have Porzingis out there, you might as well just you got a shot blocker. Let's mm-hmm. get offense and, right? You know, but either way, I think both are good. Both have their merits, I guess.
1: I is for the way this offense is going to function. Maxi's a good role player. Not role like R-O-L-E, role like R-O-L-L, like mm. rim runner, but Dwight's the man. Yeah. I, I mean, he this, literally is he's the yes, man. Yes, he owns it.
0: Yeah. Um, so anyway, Justin Jackson. We just talked about him a little bit, so I, I don't want to repeat myself too much, but I have a couple things on him. Okay. So he's going to be your starting small forward, unless something happens. Yeah. Uh, unless something, someone else comes and takes the role. Maybe Tim Hardaway, he played great in Detroit, I don't know, we'll see. But I think right now, if the season started today... Justin Jackson's your starting three. Well, why? Why is he the right candidate for the job? Well, you want a switchy wing who can defend, mm-hmm. right? You got Luka, you got Porzingis. They're very versatile. Luka's gonna handle the ball. Porzingis is gonna be the big guy. He's gonna be a shooter. So you want a guy that can provide spacing. And then on defense, you want a guy that can give Luka a break, right? right? So Justin is a very good candidate for that role because he's a pretty good defender and he's a pretty good shooter. How good? Last year with Dallas, 37% on threes. He was 35.5% overall wow. on threes for the season, so that's 245 attempts. Whenever he was in Sacramento, he was not that good on threes, mm-hmm. right? But the, I think he was playing in less space, arguably. And also with a guy in Fox who's incredible, but he's not as good a passer as Luca, right. I don't think, right? right? The table wasn't getting set as well. Uh, and maybe this system is just better suited to... Jackson's abilities, but anyway, if he builds on 35 and a half percent, or even if he stays at 35 and a half percent, that's pretty solid. That's basically league average. If you can be a league average shooter getting above average looks, then you're probably going to be an above average shooter, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. that leads to 37.2%. Uh, but as we were talking about with the floaters, he's not only limited to three point shots, right? If he gets closed out, he can dribble a guy, he can attack a closeout, take him to the basket. Last year, overall, and not just with Dallas. in the restricted area. That's Mm -hmm. really good. Mm -hmm. That means either that he was just money all the time or he was avoiding shots that he couldn't make. I think that is an admirable trait. Right. But part of that means... You're not taking on big men. You're floating over them, Mm -hmm. right? So he was 61% in the paint overall. Floaters, he was like above 45% on, which is good for a two-point shot. Yeah. Uh, Very dynamic off the dribble. Overall in Dallas, I think he only played 29 games or maybe even 19. Something that ended with the number nine, he had a 56.8 effective field goal percentage, which is really, really good. Yeah. And providing, even if you're just average defensively, if you have a 57% EFG, then you're like really, really solid. So that's why I'm saying Justin Jackson is the guy. He's going to be the person that I'm going to be, like irrationally standing for all season long.
1: Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, I really hate that you stole that because that's one I would I'm have sorry. gone with. And I, you could, brought him up first. I feel like I stole it. From no, no, you. no. You're fine. You're fine. Okay. Uh, I can pivot. And the guy that you shouldn't sleep on is going to be Seth Curry, uh, because I understand that you're probably you know looking at your roster going now. When does he play, and who does he play with? If you just go back and look over the last several years. At the things that Rick turns to when he has to make a decision and what he's comfortable with, he's comfortable with shooting. Mm. And they will find ways for Seth to be on the floor during critical moments because of that shooting. And he's built up um, his, let's just say, uh, crunch time resume with last year's playoffs, right? He was in on the floor with Dame and C.J. McCollum at critical moments. So... Uh as you're sitting here talking about lineups and who's going to be out there and all this and that and the other, there's going to be times where Rick's going to be like, if this, and Rick loves offense, he loves drawn up plays. Mm. If this is going to work, my spacing has to be perfect. And that guy has to be on the floor. Mm. So if I'm going to pick a guy to not sleep on. Don't sleep on Seth Curry. He will be on the floor during some very critical junctures. And
0: I think even more so because he has proven to be successful here. Yeah. Right? Like, he has a history with the coach. Absolutely. And we know Rick trusts his guys. Yeah. Right? Uh, So, uh, everyone remembers he became a starter midway through that season, uh, 2016-17. That kind
1: of started in Mexico, didn't it? It It wasn't at his launch. That was the first
0: game that he started. But it it was kind of like – Slow goings for him personally. It was great for the team, but he really took off in Chicago. That was two games after. He went 7 of 10 from the field, scored 18 points. From then to his last game of the year was 34 games. He shot 51% from the field, 44.5% from three, 88, 89% from the free throw line. Averaged almost 16 points per game. And more importantly, almost three assists. Mm -hmm. So you said Rick likes shooters. He does, but he likes dynamic players. Playmakers. What else can you do? Right. Dorian. Maybe his shooting falls off every now and then. I think it's it's fair to say he's an inconsistent shooter. But when his shot isn't falling, he's crashing the boards. I love his offensive Getting rebounding. Offensive rebounds, yeah, that changes the feel of the game, the, the entire the emotion of the game. It's an energy infusion that a lot of times this team needs. Mm-hmm. Seth's got the limitless range, but he can also make plays. He mm-hmm. was even running point guard with some of the reserves the other night in Detroit too, in the mm-hmm. fourth quarter. Uh, maybe that was kind of a litmus test to see what he can do in that regard, because there's going to be games where. Luke is in foul trouble. Uh, maybe JJ sitting out because it's back to back. So you're down to two or three guards. You need someone who can create. Maybe Seth could be that guy.
1: Have you written about the uh, taping on the practice floor and the four point shots and all that? I haven't, but a lot of other people have. I think
0: Eddie might have uh-huh. for mavs. Okay. Uh, Tim Cato had a good one on and it the for the Athletic, and I. I think Brad or maybe Callie Kaplan uh, wrote about it for the Morning News. There was but that a, was kind of a that that's there was a kind thing. of a new development. Yeah. There was
1: a Seth Curry comment in there about three point shots and when you shoot further out the closer ones become the new mid-range yeah and i'm pretty sure we've talked about this before i've talked about in a lot of different forums but the the the, uh, idea for so many years was well we have to make the floor bigger and you know it's like these guys are too big well people are shooting from so far out now you can't make the floor bigger Mm. and it's just so interesting to me that these guys have always, like, if you've gone to NBA games, you know, the team comes out and some guy, Devin or Vince Carter, always did it here, standing at the ball rack at midcourt, effortlessly shooting threes. Vince did it with, like, out even jumping. I mean, he just flicked it. It was unbelievable. So all these guys have the physical ability to do all that. It's like now practicing it and training your body to do it. So it just makes the defense more stretched out. So when they run out there because they're worried about you bombing, you just dribble right up and suddenly that normal three-pointer becomes your mid-range shot. And I thought it was really interesting the way he had identified that because that's the whole idea by shooting further out is to space the defense out even more. The shorter
0: ones feel easier. Now, it's hard to get open from the NBA three-point line. Like, even if you're standing on the line, that's something that Ryan told Tim. He might have told that to everybody, but I read it in Tim Cato's article. He's basically saying, if you stand at the line, you're not getting an open shot. Guys are too athletic as they're closing out to you. But if you take that extra step back, then all of a sudden – it feels like you're in a gym by yourself. See, if
1: they made this, this court bigger, the defenses would be just screwed. Yeah, cover all that space. No, absolutely not. So Guys right, are way well too good. we'll just shoot from further out here.
0: Yeah, and that's been something that they were – they had this in plan, like, all summer long. We saw these lines. We have staff pickup over there in the summer, which is really cool. And uh, we saw the lines kind of, like, taped down, sort of, like, real sort of, like, roughshod. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've since had a company come in and, like, lay down proper lines. But, uh, yeah, and we were told, basically, they're do- going to do the Bucks thing where they got the boxes on the floor, uh-huh. stand, like, pure five out. You got a guy screening. So, if this is inspired by the Bucks, it's ironic that the Bucks are in town tonight. But yeah. uh, Giannis is incredible, but I will say there's one thing Luka can do that Giannis can't, and that's pull up and shoot. Yeah. Right? And so, if you are running this offense, if you're running this Luka KP two-man game from 30, 35 feet away from the basket... There's no, like, there's no cheating it if you're the defense. Right. With Giannis, you can pack the paint, and that's what the, that's what the uh, Raptors did in the playoffs, and it basically like, was the sole reason that the, the uh, Bucks got eliminated. Mm-hmm. They just packed the paint, put their hands in passing lanes, forced Giannis into turnovers and, and, and uh, haywire passes and everything. Luke can pull up, so he can't back off. He can't nope. go underneath. You have to stay in front of him. Otherwise, he's just going to step into a nice easy 30-footer. It's a good thing that he's practicing them. Adding Meanwhile, KP is just like Brooke Lopez. Yeah. He can shoot it from anywhere too. So when you have two guys involved 30 feet from the rim that can shoot, you have no answer to it except for just like trying to stay basically as disciplined as possible and not reach, not do anything stupid. But Luca already got... Six trips to the free throw line by shot faking.
1: So adding Porzingis and Seth Curry changed the dynamic of this team absolutely so dramatically with the shooting. I mean it's it went from, yeah, we're not a good shooting team to man, I like our team. Mm. I really like our ability to shoot the ball. Yeah, if
0: you're taking so last year they were I could I could pull up the actual numbers if I need to, but last year they were thirty-four percent overall. Uh, from three pointers on, I believe, the fourth most attempts in the league, right? So 36.6 attempts. Mm-hmm. They made 12 and a half of them a game. Imagine taking like 12 or 14 of those attempts, maybe even more, maybe a little less. And giving them from guys who are league average or below to guys that shoot 40% from three. Now it's on. You're getting another make at least per game. Even if you take the same exact shots, you're going to make at least one more per game, which all of a sudden vaults you into like around league average, if not better. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think the improvement, you don't need to like completely overhaul the roster to get better at three-point shooting. You just need to add a couple guys. Right. And it opens everything up for everybody else. Yep. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And we get to see it. Well, You'll get to see it later tonight. I'll DVR it. We all get to see it in a matter of hours, but I'm going to have a little phone. I want someone to give me a live stream while you're getting inducted into this Hall of Fame. I want to see it go down. Especially, okay. like I said, if you toss back a few Bud Lights and you, you, yeah. you're feeling pretty good. Right, and I, I right, want right. to see what's going on in this speech of yours.
1: Well, we'll try our best to capture it and put it out there in the world.
0: Yep. Don't become a meme, though, man. High school kids are ruthless.
1: They are. I've got a ninth grader right now, and she lives in that world. It she is... doesn't go to Berkner, though, does she? No, she goes to the Lowry Freshman Center in Allen. Okay.
0: That would be very tough if she went to Berkner, to have oh, to, to live, in, live in Dad's shadow. Well, and that's
1: and... being like Michael Jordan's kid. Are you Literally a Hall of
0: Famer. You know so Yeah it'll be tough man It'll be tough uh, Okay That is numbers on the boards Yeah it's Brought to you by Bedgear, The official sleep system Of the Dallas Mavericks Action starts at home tonight. Then we got another one on Monday. Mm -hmm. You and I will reconvene at some point next week, maybe before the Mavs go to Canada. I will not be there, will you? Uh, I'm not
1: going to Canada. Ah, that's tough. tough. I was hoping we'd be
0: able to have a report from you.
1: No, no, no. We'll uh, we'll sit machine on it or something.
0: Yeah, we will. Oh,
1: yeah. Uh, Lizelle is going in. Oh, even better. We'll
0: be able to get a a very detailed report from Lizelle whenever she gets back. And then next thing you know, The regular season will be started. And then it's on, dude. And then it is on for the next six months. It is all Mavs all the time. So keep it locked on numbers on the boards, whether you're again listening at home, watching on YouTube. We appreciate your business no matter where or how you might be consuming this incredible content because of that guy, Jeff Skinway. Because of that guy. No, that's not true. It's uh, It's definitely not because of me. We will see you guys next week.
1: See ya.